Welcome to the Focus on Customer Service podcast, presented by Social Media Today, where we talk to brands you know and love who are laser-focused on using social media to deliver amazing customer experiences. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dan Gingas and Dan Moriarty. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to episode 44 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast. This is your host, Dan Gingas, and I'm very happy to have you back listening. We really appreciate it, and I'm super excited to have Allison Leahy, who is the Director of Community at Fitbit, here today on the podcast. How are you doing, Allison? Doing well. Thanks, Dan. Hi, everyone. Well, we're very excited to have you. You work for an awesome brand. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you ended up in the position you're in? And let's start with some of the fun things that Fitbit is doing right now in social media. Sure. Sounds good. So these days in in social media, Fitbit is trying to be everywhere you are and more. So a lot of what we do here is look at how we can expand our services and listen more broadly, and most importantly, incorporate all of our great customer feedback into the products and services we develop. So I'm really enthusiastic about you know playing a key role in social care and listening and, and generating that feedback and connecting that feedback back to our development and product teams. And where did you come from before Fitbit? My early exposure to online community was through AOL chat rooms and listservs, probably not too far off from some of your listeners here. Later, became an enthusiastic adopter of Friendster, MySpace, uh, some of those early social services, and first started using social media in a more professional capacity to promote articles I had written for Inhabitat and Green Upgrader and other outlets I contributed to as a freelance writer. So it was really through blogging that I started to notice the power of online comments and user engagement and develop an interest in the psychological aspects of online community. And in particular, what happens when you carve out spaces for debate and self-expression and even support spaces for brands and companies online. So that sort of nascent passion caused me to start looking for a full-time role in social business, which I found at Ning. So some of your listeners may know Ning is one of the first platforms for developing and hosting open source social applications. The platform was launched in 2005, and Ning really allowed users to create their own niche social networks. So taking a role there really turned out to be a great early career move for me because it exposed me to all kinds of different types of community strategies, as well as the technology that supported them. I did end up working a bit more closely with our marketing team and started to take ownership and responsibility for social marketing as well as social care and engagement. And my experience there really helped me to take all of that experience and incorporate it into, you know, what I consider to really be my dream job here at Fitbit and help Fitbit to launch its First, customer-centric community platform, community.fitbit.com, and then later to grow our social care program. When I started, we were really just responding to comments on our North America Facebook page and mentions of the Fitbit support handle. Since then, we've expanded to manage all regional Facebook pages, as well as Instagram, multiple Twitter handles, Google+, and consumer reviews as well. So you mentioned that you guys have a website community. How does that work with your social care from sort of the consumer point of view and then also on the back end from your agent point of view? Mm -hmm. 
So we actually separate our teams. I consider community moderation and social care to be relatively different disciplines. And the, all the tools we use to support those programs are different as well. So we'll both fall under my purview and occasionally we'll have advocates who are cross-discipline. They're trained in both social response and community. But community is really where we have more time and attention from users. It's also more of a one-to-many platform and And our community forums are really rooted in a peer-to-peer support philosophy. So we're constantly impressed with the wealth of knowledge and expertise our users bring to the table. You know, they're experts on so many niche topics from TRX to yoga to wellness and eating well while gluten-free and, you know, all sorts of topics that a small moderation team couldn't hope to be so well-versed in. So they're often the best suited to answer each other's questions and motivate each other to get the most of their Fitbit experience. So our moderation team is really there to keep an eye on all unanswered topics, uh, make sure any new topics posted get a response within 24 hours, and jump in whenever specific issues arise or when their troubleshooting skills or support expertise is needed. We also use the community platform as a way to organize information around emerging issues and to troubleshoot and gather information from customers who may be experiencing a certain type of issue so that we can get a good assessment and bring that back to our engineering teams. It also allows us to notify users when we might be experiencing a platform issue that could affect them. Whereas social care, our key practice revolves around, you know, fully resolving all customer inquiries, doing some of that broad social listening, providing customers with a little bit more delight from the brand, and really giving customers a really fast support experience. So we pride ourselves on delivering responses to users and engaging them within two hours of their initial tweet or Facebook post. And that's something, you know, that's a response time that we're trying to drive down to improve the customer experience there. We actually promote both community and Twitter support on our contact page. And both are highlighted as more get your questions answered now or find information you need right now. So both are intended to be real immediate support channels, but they are a little bit different in terms of the philosophy driving them and the approach. So you mentioned something earlier, and I'm not sure that I caught which channel you were talking about, but you were talking about taking customer feedback and bringing it back into your products and services. Can you talk about how you do that? What does that process look like? And maybe even give us a couple of examples. Sure. So that's across all channels. Absolutely. I mean, even if somebody is submitting an email or chat, we're going to be looking for opportunities to improve our products and services. On community, we specifically have a product innovation board. We call it our feature suggestions board. So users can go and post a new idea or vote or comment on an existing idea and, you know, make the case for why that would improve their experience with Fitbit. We have communities team that aligns pretty directly with our hardware products, our trackers, and then also with our interactive features. So when you think of Fitbit, there's definitely a hardware and a device experience, but there's also the software and the interactive experience as well. So our 
community team categorizes those feature suggestions and then pushes that information and those insights and delivers you know, qualitative and quantitative reporting out to those product and feature teams on a weekly basis. And so then that promotes discussion around, you know, why we might want to develop that feature, what type of timeline we might be able to develop that feature on, and if it's even feasible. And so if the engineering team has more questions about sort of what the users really expect to see or want to see, then we can start engaging in that conversation on the community forums. On social, it looks a little different. We do categorize, again, all of our Incoming social posts get tagged automatically based on certain keywords, and that helps with our routing, but it also helps with the data and analysis behind incoming content. So we're able to then bucket certain types of input from users and use that to also further quantify and and make the case for certain types of feature enhancements. I think that's a vastly underused part of social media, which is using it kind of for research and development. And I think it's a great idea. And when it's successful, and when you're building products that you know, customers have asked for, I think it's just really neat. And and it is it kind of gets lost sometimes in the attempts to quell negative complaints or answer customer service inquiries quickly. But when customers are reaching out with suggestions on how to improve your product or service, Generally, it means that they really care and that they're brand loyal. So I love that you guys are doing that. Can you give me an example of like, have you gotten from a customer suggestion to a new product or to a software update that you can actually kind of trace? Yeah, this started because we heard about it in a community or in social care. Yeah, there are always a few things happening at once at Fitbit, and we start developing products and features really early on. But I think, you know, one of our great successes this year, well, I can name two. I mean, one was the community had been really driving for this feature that they had termed idle alert, which is essentially an on-risk buzz or notification to get up and get moving if you haven't gotten any steps in the past hour and we actually released that as a feature called Reminders to Move within Alta, and it was just delivered to Blaze as well. So it's in our newer product lineup. Similarly, they're around the first firmware release for the Blaze uh, device, we had a set of, can't remember exactly, but you know, a handful of clock faces and the Blaze community has always really been championing more clock faces, different kinds of clock faces. And in some cases, individuals would actually submit drawings and renderings of the types of clock faces they want to see. And so we were just able to release a new firmware update that includes a whole bunch more clock faces. And the community has been, you know, really happy with that release, you know, things like that, little design improvements can't come quick enough and giving users more variety. There's definitely a lot of different flavors of that in terms of feature suggestions, which we do always try to sneak into new firmware updates. I love that a product that is meant to track your fitness uh, results in, in 
suggestions on clock faces. I think that's something we probably could not have <laughs> predicted. So that's why we do this. That's awesome. We're talking um, to Allison Leahy, at, uh, who is the director of community at Fitbit. And as usual, uh, we always ask our listeners if you have brands that you've interacted with in social media and have had a really good experience, please let us know. Tweet at me at dgingis, that's D-G-I-N-G-I-S-S, or use the hashtag F-O-C-S, stands for Focus on Customer Service. And we'll definitely bring some brands in, Fitbit being one of them that has been recommended to us a couple of times. So thrilled to have you here, Allison. I want to switch a little bit, just shift gears a, a little bit and kind of talk about your team and how you're organized within Fitbit. And then you mentioned before that your community and social care teams were separated, but just give us a sense for sort of size and scope of these teams. Sure. So we are a global team all under the umbrella of the community team, which is within the customer support department. We're currently operating out of five locations and at the heart of our org are our customer advocates and community advocates. And these are the folks on the front lines responding to all of your toughest tweets, your funny Facebook posts and uh, reviews published to Amazon or iTunes. We also have a second tier of advocate with a more tenured group who is helping out with some of the real-time queue management and floor supports to ensure that, you know, as our product line diversifies and we release more products and those products become more complicated, that we have all the information we need on the front lines to get your questions answered as quickly and efficiently as possible. And, and that group also helps out with other assignments like marketing campaign support or new product launches when, you know, some of the questions we might receive are unanticipated. And so they can help out with the escalation and the messaging around that as well. Coaching and managing the daily workflow of these advocates are our team leads. And we also have dedicated customer experience analysts who audit a few interactions per advocate per week to ensure that all our proper communication guidelines and procedures are followed. We also have operations managers who oversee the team leads and, and customer experience analysts and collaborate more closely with workforce management who help us out to ensure staffing is in place and all of our KPIs are being met. And our San Francisco team, you know, if you consider the advocates are the heart of the org, our San Francisco team acts kind of like the brain of the org with closer alignment to our product and feature teams. Um, we also have a global trainer and program manager and a few other leadership roles here in San Francisco, collectively responsible for organizing the information. So all of the inputs we receive from our customers and our advocates and using that information to really define workflows and make improvements to our workflows, escalating issues internally and reporting out to CS and partner teams and just staying really closely connected through our sort of always open communication channels. Yeah, our operation is, you know, for English social care, we're 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we're working to expand community care for French, Italian, German, Spanish, Japanese, and Korean also to seven days. We're currently at five days and business hours in those regions. And community care is about 12 hours a day, seven days a week. So hoping again to expand to 24-hour coverage early next year so we can really make sure that we're 
giving our customers the best experience possible and also have the best opportunity to really filter all the information we're receiving because it is definitely a lot of volume. And you mentioned sort of scale and size of the team and we're over a hundred now and, you know, look forward to more growth, but we're also trying to optimize and become more efficient as well. And although, you know, both our community and social teams do operate under the community umbrella, we do consider those to be different skill sets and different platforms and tool usage. So the groups are split, but communicate, you know, really regularly and frequently and share information and insights across groups. So given that you guys are a technology company and uh, presumably digitally native, how does the group that you oversee compare uh, to say, traditional customer service channels like the telephone. And I'm not necessarily looking in terms of size of team, but more in terms of the percentage of service inquiries. If you have a company that is technology at its heart, is it just sort of automatic that people come online to seek service versus going the old-fashioned way to the phone? Or do you guys also have to man lots of call centers around the world on top of doing the stuff that you're doing? Yeah, great question. And we're always evaluating our channel mix and looking for, you know, to deliver customer support experiences that are the best they can possibly be. So we look at CSAT and and try to decide which channels do we want to promote more heavily. Social is definitely a high CSAT channel, and it's also a great channel from a business standpoint because cost per contact is a little lower than some of the other channels. But we can't resolve everything end to end on social. So there's definitely still a need for, you know, our chat, voice, email. And a lot of customers do prefer email is our highest volume. But increasingly, we're trying to make voice an option more and more places. Because with voice, you do get usually you're able to get a first contact resolution and higher CSAT and customers can call in and and be helped right away. Similarly with chat. So increasingly, we're seeing a shift from email to voice and to chat and, and social and trying to promote those channels as best we can. And community is a great supplement. You know, if we can get people really reading our content on our help site and on the community forums first, we have even a greater chance of call deflection and customers are always happier if they don't have to contact you at all, right? So we're definitely seeing a drive to more of the real-time channels and away from email. So I want to circle to the two questions that we always like to end with. The first of which is if you can share a memorable interaction or two with uh, a customer over social media, something that you, you know, you want to print out and put on the bulletin board or bring into the CEO's office and say, this is why we do social care. So I'm going to give you two examples. And one, I think I cheated a little bit because I researched. So although the the interactions are all memorable, I definitely put a little bit of thought into this one. And, and so customer experience is really paramount to everything we do here. And, and one way we instill this in our social care philosophy is by actually tagging some of the most positive interactions that come through these channels with a CS love tag, or if a customer is really jazzed about the product and passionate about what they've been able to accomplish with Fitbit, we'll tag it with Fitbit love. Yeah, through looking through this sort of mini portfolio of the recent CS love interactions, I think rather than a specific interaction, it's more of a recurrent theme I see come up in that 
which really does strike me as important and interesting in terms of what we're able to see and foster on social channels. So this is just from a Facebook interaction. A customer came forth and posted about an issue on our wall. And about two, three minutes later, somebody responded back and just asked if they had reached out, commenting that they got really great customer service and wasn't expecting much, but received better support than some big name companies I can mention, just to quote. And then quick response back to the above, you know, you are so right, got in touch with them right after my first post, very helpful. And my Fitbits may just be able to be saved. So really just a testament to the power of creating these social spaces and and how wonderful our customers are. They're often the ones who can quickly jump in and help each other out or provide some direction even before we're able to get to those posts. And then... The second example is really more of the memorable interaction I think you asked for. It's probably one of my all-time favorites with a user on our community at Grandma's Kitchen who joined the community back in April 2015. And it's really a story she shared about her Fitbit badges and how she stays motivated. And she said that she has a friend who teases her about her badges and said she should make a, a vest like the Girl Scouts. And she actually just bought a sweatshirt and then sewed a whole bunch of Fitbit badges as patches onto that sweatshirt and has been you know, sharing the updates as she achieves more greatness and is rewarded through Fitbit, she outwardly expresses that through her sweatshirt. One of the reasons I really love working in community here at Fitbit is because Fitbit really does combine the power of technology with the whole social experience. And the network of our community is a real competitive advantage and Every, just for a fun fact about that, like we know that users who participate in challenges and some of the more social experiences actually do move more. And if you're participating in a challenge, you're likely to move up to an additional mile per day on average. And, and so that sort of component of the experience really expresses itself through our interactions with our customers on social and on the community forums as well. I totally get that part. We had uh, such a challenge at work and I found that not only was I moving around a lot more in terms of taking the stairs versus the elevator or doing status meetings, we would do walking meetings instead of sitting down in my office, but I also got my wife and kids involved and they were, you know, wanting to compete and track their steps and turn it into a game and it was really interesting to me to watch how motivating just tracking steps is and how you start to get into the habit of checking to make sure that you've hit your 10,000 steps and you know and if not you feel like you failed that day so I do think it's a wonderful thing it's a really easy way to kind of start getting healthy it's a small step pun intended to improving your health so love that and have experienced it myself also love the story of the woman in the sweatshirt. I mean, you can't buy that kind of publicity, nor could you probably yeah. pay somebody to make a sweatshirt. So that just has to happen organically. That's great. The last question is, I wanted to ask you about, uh, you know, you've been doing this for some time. What do you know now that you would have liked to have known when you started? Or the flip side of that is, what would you advise somebody who is just starting out today in social care or community that you've learned along the way? In terms of what I wish I knew when I started or could have 
started earlier, I think, is just to curate some of the best articles, podcasts, philosophies, ideas that you hear as you're exploring social care and community management, because this type of library, and a lot of us are natural curators, but if you actually make a little bit of effort to start compiling some of these resources, it can be really, really valuable along the way because, you know, as your career advances, you might want to help educate your peers and build your team on a foundation of knowledge that has been tried or or that you've gotten some inspiration from. So I think in that case, you know, and it could be just something as simple as a list, but definitely as you work to advance your career, also this library can come with you and continue to inspire you and can share it with others when you're, you know, referencing obscure pieces of trivia or knowledge about community and social care, you can actually point back to the source, which is great as well. And something as I'd advise anybody who's working in social care or managing a team really to do is to document your history. I think one of the greatest things you can do for your team or your program is to take note of your milestones, whether it's the launch of a new project, a new idea, but most importantly, your successes, you know, as you as you successfully launch a new channel or add support or expand support or add a new team, you know, calling that out and just uh, putting that into some sort of timeline is is really valuable. And then when you onboard new people into your team, or even if you're just working to explain what your team does within the organization, you can show them, you know, a brief timeline of all the things you've accomplished And over time, it can just be really wonderful to see that as you step back, you can see just how much you've accomplished because it's easy for us to forget sort of the little milestones. But again, if you just take a minute to write that down, I think it can be really uplifting and and continue to inspire you to improve and grow and build the team every day. Great advice on social care and really any job in the workplace from Allison Leahy, Director of Community at Fitbit. You can find her on Twitter at ZapLeahy, which is Z-A-P-L-E-A-H-Y, and you can find Fitbit at Fitbit or Fitbit Support. Allison, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate you stopping by. Thank you, Dan, and thanks to everyone who gave us a shout out. Really pleased to be here. Love the show and... Hope you all do wonderful things. I know you are. And thanks again to our listeners as well. This has been episode 44 of the Focus on Customer Service podcast, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Focus on Customer Service podcast presented by Social Media Today. Be sure to tweet your thoughts and nominations for other brands to be featured using hashtag FOCS and follow Dan and Dan on Twitter at DGingus and at I am Dan Moriarty. See you next time.